Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for 
uh, tuning in to the broadcast. I want to say thank you for every encouraging word, for listening to the show, for supporting the show. And I really do truly appreciate each and every one of you. I pray that you'll be able to hear me. I've been having some technical difficulties here in the last couple of um, shows that I've done. So I hope everything got worked out for me. Um, Yesterday, my, uh, um, my phone just totally went out on me. And so it went out on me like three times. So my whole show was just kind of messed up on yesterday. So I am going to redo uh, to reteach what I was, what I started to teach on yesterday, meaning the Book of Revelation, and then going into the tribulation period. I pray that you guys have really been getting some clarity and understanding uh, out of this study, because Jesus truly is on His way back. He's on His way back for His church, for His bride. And he wants us to be ready. But not only does he want us to be ready, but he wants us to tell others. He wants us to witness. He wants us to disciple. He wants us to train. He wants us to baptize. He wants us to send people out and minister to others. I may be doing missionary work. Some of us may be on the radio. Some of us may be preaching and teaching in our churches. Uh, Some of us are pastors. Uh, Some of us are evangelists where we go out and and we draw and compel men and women to come to Christ. Some of us are bishops and apostles. Some of us are prophets, pastors, teachers. So each of us have a calling. And then there's just um, those who may not be in the fivefold ministry, but it's still your duty to win a soul for, for Jesus Christ. We have talked about the rapture. We have talked about the Olivet Discourse. We have talked about the um, difference between the rapture and the second coming. We talked about the Bemacy Judgment, the rewards, the marriage of the Lamb. We have even talked about uh, how to know uh, the season of the Lord's return, not the time of the Lord's return, meaning the day, the month, the hour, the week. The, the what have you, but that we can look at the season that we're living in and possibly uh, realize that this may be the time, this may be the season that Jesus will return. Now, it does not mean that he's coming tomorrow, the next day, next week, uh, 20, 30, 40 years from now. We don't know when it will be, but whoever, whenever it happens, we need to be ready. We don't want to be like uh, when the bridegroom came and people were going around, the ten virgins were going around looking for their uh, five were ready and five were foolish and were not ready looking for oil. So we want to make sure that we're oiled up and that we are truly ready to go. Well, let's go ahead and get into the word of God. Um, we want to go ahead and pray first. And then we will go ahead and get into the word of God on today. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you right now and we praise you. We glorify you, Father God, for everything that you are doing 
in our lives even today. Father God, we pray, Lord God, for our country, Lord God, for our leaders, oh God, that, Father God, you will give them wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that, Father God, whatever needs to happen will happen, Father God. We pray, Father God, for the families of my listeners, Father God, that their families are all well, that, Father God, if there are any needs, if there's healing or if there's depression or if there's financial difficulty or, Father God, if they're having family situations, family problems, divorce or separation or things happening with their children, if someone is on their deathbed, Father God, I pray that you be the God that I know you are. Father God, you are a God of deliverance. You are a God that heals, Father God. You are a God that comforts. You are a God that cares. You are a God of resources, Father God. You are a God that can help uh, keep jobs, Father God, and maintain families, oh God. Lord God, you are one that can raise people up off of their sick bed, Lord, even raise the dead, even in this day and in this time. Father, we thank you, Father God, for every need. Father God, for everyone who has a bowed down head, for everyone who has a who has a a, a problem that they're worrying about. Or some people are going through traumatic issues, Father God. I pray right now that you will step in, Father God, and be, Father God, the advocate and, and be be, Father God, the defense attorney for them in whatever area that they need, Father God that you will send your angels forth, O oh God, that you will send your angels forth, Father God, and to meet the need of every and each individual, that, Lord God, even as they go to church, Lord God, and as they go to Bible study and as they, they have prayer calls and, and just their daily prayer, Father God, that you will answer, Father God, the, the, the thing that it is that they are asking of you, Father God. But, Lord God, we have to know that we must pray in faith and that we must believe because we know, Father God, that all the promises of God are yes and in him. Amen, Lord God. So I'm asking that everyone, when they're praying, Lord God, that they're praying the promises of God and that they know that word, Father God. And even those that are just born again, Father God, and don't know, Father God, I pray that you would just show yourself strong on their behalf. Let them know who you are, Father God. Let them see you in your power and in your anointing and in your glory. And, Father God, we just thank you and praise you right now. Bless this message, O oh God. Bless this word, Lord God. Put your anointing on it. Your word is already anointed. But, Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for the anointing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Well, we're going to get into uh, the introduction of the book of Revelation. And we're going to start here at verse 1, chapter 1, verse 1. And it says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant, John. John, who bare record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the word of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. Blessed is that one, blessed is that one that 
read it, and then hear this prophecy. Uh, this uh, the scripture is telling us even in our churches, our pastors need to be teaching on the the book of Revelation so that we can know the prophecy, that we can keep the prophecy so that God can continue to bless us because there are things about this prophecy that we should know while we are yet here on this earth. But afterwards, we need to be sharing with our families who may get left behind what can happen and how they can escape some of what some of the things that will be taking place during that time. John to the seven churches when we are in which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is, which was, and which is to come from the seven spirits which are before the throne. And from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the princes and the prince of kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood verse 6 and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever amen behold he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him and they also and they also which pierced him and all kindred of the earth shall wail because of him, even so. Amen. Verse 8, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord. Verse 7 here is talking about, um, it says, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him meaning that when he comes back, the Jewish nation will be there to witness his return to the earth. And it will be at that time that they will realize who Jesus really is, who Jesus really was when he was on the earth uh, at his first coming. And every eye shall see him. The whole world will see him land on the earth. And even those which pierced him, uh, those descendants of those who pierced him, they will all see him in his glory. Now, the book of Revelation was written by the Apostle John, and, and it was written when John was old because he was on the Isle of Patmos at that time. Um, he was on the Isle of Patmos for the testimony or the witness of Jesus Christ who we know to be the word of God. The book of Revelation may have been written around about uh, 65 years after the ascension, uh, meaning this is when Jesus returned in the clouds in the uh, the first chapter of Acts, verse 11, I believe it is, where Jesus returned to heaven after he was crucified and shown himself as a witness of his uh, resurrection. This was to his disciples and to the people that were following him at that time, um, that he had rose from the dead and then went back to his father. Now, John wrote this book during the evil reign of Titus Flavius Dominicus. Titus gave himself the title 
of Master and God. Now, we heard Jesus say in the Olivet Discourse in Matthew 24 that there were people that were going to say that they were God, that they were um, uh, the Lord and Master of everything. And this is one of uh, these uh, dictators or rulers who had entitled himself Master and God. And he demanded public worship to be rendered to himself. He wanted everybody to worship him as God, that he, you know, that he was somebody. Um, he just felt like he deserved, because he was the emperor, he deserved special treatment, special recognition. And we have people like that today who, who feel like they've done nothing wrong. They feel like they're in a high place and they deserve to be treated a certain way, respected a certain way. And we do respect positions. We, we, we respect positions of, of some of those who are in uh, high government positions, but we don't uh, worship them. We don't worship any of our leaders. We don't worship our pastors or our bishops in the church. We all have something in our lives that we need to go before God to get right. None of us should ever worship a man. And so this was the problem during that time that he wanted to be worshipped. And so he rendered himself or called himself the master or God. Now, the followers of Jesus Christ, the believers, refused to obey and endured great persecution because of it. Now, Revelations was written during this reign of terror, and it helped the church to know that God is still in control. God still showed himself strong, even though they were persecuted, even though they had to go through a lot of different uh, situations. Some of them had to give up their lives. We still have churches in this world today in our third world countries where people are having to get, give up their life to worship God, to praise God, to to be in a service type uh, environment. Uh, some people um, have gotten hold to a Bible and their church only had the one so some of the people, they they were allowed to either rip pages out so that they could take them home and secretly read them because uh, coming to a, a local building a lot of times could cause death to them because their country does not allow them to uh, worship God or even bring the Bible into um, that particular con- country. I know of someone that one time went to Saudi Arabia and uh, had their Bible with them. Now, they were a United States uh, citizen and they were in the military, but they confiscated that person's Bible and took it away from them for two weeks. They were there on uh, some type of short uh, uh, duty time there in Saudi Arabia, and they took, they went through, uh, his Bible to make sure that there was nothing that he was bringing into that country because they don't want the word of God there. And after a two-week period, they did. The country gave it back to him and told him he was not allowed to. He could on 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 the 
the military base, but he was not allowed to speak to any of the Saudi Arabians about God or he would be um, uh, arrested and placed in jail. So there are people that are yet up under some type of uh, persecution uh, in other countries that we don't know anything about. And by them ripping out pages and they're taking them home and they're studying them as much as they can. And then when they can see where they can freely get together, they come together and they share what each of them have learned and they exchange uh, those biblical uh, scriptural papers so that they can all grow in Christ. Now, studying the book of Revelation, it should change your life. Things should be, it's not a scary book. It is if you don't understand it. It is not a confusing book, but it is if you don't understand it. You will not be the same person you were before you study the book of Revelation. There is so much insight in this book. There is so much that can change your life. We we know who Jesus is was when he was here on the earth, uh, when he was here uh, teaching and sharing and, and healing and saving and raising people from the dead. We we know that Jesus, and uh, uh, we know who Jesus is now in our lives today within us. We know who Jesus is. But when you get into the book of Revelation, you are going to know Jesus in a different way as king, as sovereign lord, as ruler, as as judge. I mean, you're going to see Jesus in a different way, not in a scary way, not in a confusing way, because even in this time period that we're going to be studying, Jesus is still going to be a God of love. He's still going to comfort. He's still going to bless us. But His role, his titles will be a little bit different than what they were when he came the first time. Uh, You will be very blessed and happy because you will have a greater understanding and because you will look forward to the prophecies. You see, when you know what's going to happen, the things that are going on in this world today the things that are happening today, you're saying, well, you know, that's supposed to happen. So you're not going to be confused. You're not going to be upset. You're not going to be saying, oh, my God, what's going on? Because you know what's going on because it's been prophesied to us. You see, the lost cannot see the signs or the events or the mysteries of this book because they are blinded spiritually, meaning they have no spiritual discernment. Their discernment about what's happening today is all in the natural. It's all up under the worldly system. The natural man cannot know it. God's word is revealed through the Holy Spirit to those who love him. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9 says, we haven't seen nor heard Neither can we imagine what God has in store for us. I mean, we 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 can't imagine with our natural eyes and our natural ears. We can't understand it. But through the 
Spirit of God, we can know what it is that the Holy Spirit is saying to us through this book. Verse 10, but in the Spirit, we can see what God is showing us, even the deep hidden things as we get or as we as we dive more into his word. If they don't have the spirit of God, you can't accept what God is saying to you because it sounds foolish. You can only understand with the spirit's help. People who are not saved, people who are not spirit-led but flesh-led, all of this sounds like foolishness. You know, all of this sounds like a myth. All of this sounds like a fairy tale or even a crazy movie. But it is for real. When Noah was um, preaching and telling people a flood was going to come, everybody laughed and everybody mocked him and everybody made fun of him until the day the first raindrop fell from the sky. And then it kept raining for 40 days and 40 nights. Nobody believed. Don't let unbelief, don't let unbelief in who Jesus Christ is stop you and keep you uh, with blinders on, keep you from spiritually uh, knowing what the Spirit of God is trying and wanting to say to you. Now, the word revelation means the unveiling. Revelation reveals Jesus for who he is, past, present, and future. It reveals the things which were and the things which are and the things which shortly will come to pass. Now, also, we hear the word a lot of times for the last days. We hear the word apocalypse. And uh, the word apocalypse, doesn't mean what we think it does, you know, so much about destruction and catastrophic and the world just blowing up. Uh, This is part of it, but it means, it also means revelation and unveiling and unfolding of what is to come, things that could not be known unless it was prophesied and uh um and that it it has it it's a thing where uh it it's prophesied to to us, but we may not have the um the unveiling or the 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 spiritual knowledge to be able to understand what is being said, so that word really means an unveiling or an unfolding. Now, in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 10, John says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. Verse uh, Revelation 1 and 11 says, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. What thou seest, write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Tyathira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. Verse 12, 
And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and gird about the chest with a golden girdle or a sash. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto brass, and as if they were burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. Now, a lot of times we hear uh, Jesus said, oh, in Genesis chapter 1 it says that, uh, let us make man in our own image. And uh, we look upon it as how you and I look, uh, our our faces, our nose, our eyes, our ears, uh, so on and so forth. Um, this is the house that we live in. This is our earthly shell. This is flesh. But we were made in the image, the spirit image of who Jesus Christ is. God decided in his infinite wisdom to make a different variety of people. Uh, Some of us, he made African-Americans, Caucasians, Asians, uh, Hispanic, Native Americans, and uh, different other ethnicities and races. But this does not mean, when it talks about his hair is wool and uh, burnished feet, that Jesus is a black man. I'm African-American myself, so I can say that. But um, it's telling us the glorified body of Jesus Christ. This is what Jesus Christ looks like now in his glorified body. I don't know when we get to heaven if there are going to be races of people like it is here On the earth, it may be, it may not. But this is not the important thing. The important thing about this scripture is who Jesus is and what everything that uh, it's talking about in this scripture represents about him. We have got to stop humanizing God. He is the omnipotent ruler. There is nothing... Uh, like us that God is we are to be exactly like him and then it says here and his voice as the sound of many waters Uh, with water one uh, water can uh, be very calming very soothing very rip you know you can have ripples you can just have water just kind of um, kind of still and quiet and all the way up to a roar when when water is agitated and maybe when we're having a tidal wave because of a tornado or because of an earthquake. Water can go from very soothing to uh, uh, to you can look at it in, in its in its most violent form or its roughest form and and if it doesn't hit the earth or you know come come across the earth in a tidal wave. It can be very, you know, you can look at it in in awe. 
And that's how it is with God. He's very calming and very soothing sometimes in his speaking to us. Sometimes it's just in a still, small voice. But in other times, it can be a, a, a commanding sound. It can be a sound that everybody stops and takes notice of what God is saying. And so he heard uh, the, the, the voice of, of Jesus uh, in so many different types, like, like it was sounding like different types or many types of waters. So uh, this Jesus here is not the Jesus that came uh, in the synoptic gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and also found in um, in the book of Acts. This Jesus here is something else. He is powerful. He is in his true and natural form. He is the Alpha and Omega. He said he's the the first and the last. He's the beginning and the ending. Um, in verse 17, it says, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Hallelujah and have the keys of hell and death. Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be thereafter. Verse 20 says, The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou saw are the seven um, the seven uh, candlesticks themselves, or the seven churches. Hallelujah. And then it goes on. John, it says that John was worshiping Christ. He was worshiping the Lord on the Lord's day. Now, we all know that the Lord's Day or the Sabbath Day in the Old Testament said, "Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy." To keep it holy, that was the commandment to the Jews that we keep the, that they keep the Sabbath day holy. We know that that was on a Saturday. Um, many people are saying today in our in our Christian faith the reason why. Um, we worship on Sunday is because Jesus uh, resurrected on a Sunday morning. However you choose, however you feel, nobody, no one is to uh, judge you on what, whatever day that you decide to worship the Lord on. Actually, we should be worshiping him and praising him every day. But just because he was exiled, and persecuted for preaching the word of God, John, it does not mean that it would be uh, that we should not continue to worship our Lord. This This is an example for our own service today. No matter what your situation, you can still continue to worship the Lord on his day. I don't care what we're going through. We're all going through something, each and every one of us. Um, I may not be going through something this week, but you may be. 
I may going through may go through something next week and you may not. But what I am telling you that whatever you're going through, whatever is hitting you the hardest, whatever is trying to bring a spirit of depression, a spirit of suppression, a, a spirit of of whatever to keep you down and out, whatever is going on, whatever lie the doctor the devil is telling you, uh, it doesn't matter what the the doctor has said. Jesus is a healer. It doesn't matter that your spouse may want a divorce. God can put marriages back together. There's nothing that God cannot do. But what we have to do is we have got to not give up. That's why a lot of times when things happen to us, uh, it gets so hard that we wind up giving up. The scripture tells us to resist the devil. It tells us to draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to us. We may go through all kinds of traumas and all kinds of situations in our lives, but every day we should be worshiping God, no matter the the crime, no matter the the, the problem, no matter uh, the drama that's going on in our lives. We should be worshiping and praising God every day, not just on Sunday or not just on Saturday or not just on Wednesday, but every day giving God the glory. Because once you start to praise God, there is no room for the devil. He cannot get into your praise. He cannot stop you from giving glory and honor to God. He will try. But as you begin to quote the word, as you begin to clap your hands, as you begin to lift your hands, as you begin to sing praises, hallelujah, unto God, as you begin to just give it all to the Lord and leave it there, as you begin to speak scriptures over your situation and speak promises over your situation, God will come in like a mighty rushing wind. He will He will do for you everything that you are asking him to do. You've just got to stand fast and stand firm on the word of God. Don't let anything, don't let anything try to stop you from worshiping God no matter what is going on in your life. Be like John and just say, I'm just going to worship. I'm going to praise. I'm going to give God my all and give it to him. Now, Patmos was a rocky, treeless, windy island off of the coast of Asia Minor, which is now our modern-day Turkey, where prisoners were exiled and there was no escape from this island. Now, Christians came under persecution because they would not offer sacrifice to the Emperor Titus or worship the idol god, which the Romans depended upon for prosperity. Christians were also viewed as a social threat because they taught that all men were equal in Christ. This is not what the Romans believed according to their particular God. They were viewed as an economic threat because their beliefs threatened the craftsmen and guilds, which made the men 
images and idols which they preached against. Therefore, the Christians and their converts could not or would not purchase them. How many of us today stand up against sin? Or do we compromise because we don't want to rock the boat? We don't say anything. Uh, This is not what my church believes or, you know, I don't want to get involved or I don't want to, um, I just don't want to say anything. These Christians, even though they were persecuted, they stood against sin. They spoke against it. They would not bow. They would not eat of anything that was um that was uh, offered and 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 sacrificed unto idols they believed in God they trusted God they knew that God had their backs they knew that God was in control of everything now on the Isle of Patmos letters could be exchanged and letters were sent to the churches Patmos was an island in the Aegean Sea, which was part of the Roman uh, province of Asia. Now, this little island was about 10 miles long and about 6 miles wide, and it was used by the Romans as a place to banish or punish criminals who and were forced to work hard uh, to labor in the mines and in the quarries of the island. Just imagine today we live in a free country that we can say unto unto the world, I'm a Christian, I love God, I live for God, I, I accept what the word of God says, I live according to that word, I will not be hindered, I will not be bound, I will not be stopped because God is, uh, Jesus is the Lord of my life. And I stand on his word. This is, this is what um, the Christians of that day and time did. They stood on the word of God. They, they knew God to be who he said he was. They, they had great faith in God. They had great faith in, uh, in what the spirit of God told them or what, what the word of God was was being said unto them, whatever part of the word that they had, they 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 just they stood their ground. When they believed, they believed. They did not give up. Little small things that happened. We're not facing. We face some persecution. We do face some uh, trials and tribulations that um, that we are going through. But these people faced death. Many of them looked death in the face because they were uh, born-again Christians and they went against what the Roman religion taught. Now, what was it that John heard? Uh, Revelations 1 and 10, it says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, meaning he was under the spirit's control transported to a state beyond the usual physical senses. It wasn't just that he was like in church and, you know, he heard a couple of worship songs and and maybe we danced a little bit before the Lord and, and he lifted his hands and he praised God and 
some tears fell, but he was in intense worship. He was in intense worship. And he meant to spend whatever amount of time he had to spend with God. He wanted to do that. And God saw him. Jesus saw him. Now, John knew Jesus, who Jesus was. He was one of the uh, uh, apostles. He walked and talked with Jesus. But this time when he saw Jesus, it was different. When Jesus showed himself unto him, as I said, he was completely under the influence and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. John saw and heard things which could not have been seen by the natural eye or heard by the human ear. And then it says that he heard behind him a great noise as of a trumpet. Now, trumpets do play a very vital role in, the, uh, in ancient times as they were used to command attention and to give uh, direction. This indicated that a matter of great importance was to be conveyed to John. God got John's attention. Something is getting ready to take place. And I want you, I'm going to show it to you. You're going to hear some things. And when you hear and see, I want you to write these things down. Um, This indicated that a matter of grave importance was to be conveyed to John. That was the first of many instances in the book of Revelation in which a great or loud voice would be heard, and the source of that voice was Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Verse 11 says, saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. Again, Jesus identifies himself as the eternal, the self-existent God, the beginning and the end. Uh, what thou seest, Jesus told him, write in a book and send to the seven churches, which are in Asia, unto Ephesus and unto Smyrna and unto Pergamos and unto Tyatira and unto Sardis and unto Philadelphia and unto Laodicea. These were real churches with real problems. These aren't symbols. These aren't symbolic. But these were actual real churches. These were local churches, visible churches. The order in which the churches are um, in, the order in which the churches are in are the way that the, the letters were sent to these particular churches. Ephesus was the first stop. Um, Smyrna was the second stop. And this is how the letters uh, went. God told him to speak to Ephesus first, to speak to, speak to uh, um, Smyrna, and then to speak to Pergamos. And we are going to go through exactly what it is that Jesus uh, told him to write to each church. And then he says in verse 12, And I saw to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. John turned to see the voice, and when he did, he did see the seven golden candlesticks. 
uh, gold, as we know, represents uh, divine glory. And the candlesticks represented the seven churches. And I'm going to um, go ahead and stop here, uh, and we will take up on tomorrow here. But um, one of the things I do want to say is the churches will lose their candlestick when their divine authority and heavenly recognition are withdrawn. That's found in Revelations 2 and 5. Jesus' churches, they belong to him. The church belongs to Jesus. The candlesticks or the lampstand is symbolic of the Lord's church. The church is the carrier of the light, the upholder and defender of the light. It is the congregation's duty and privilege to witness for Christ. Our light can shine most effectively on a candlestick, uh, not hidden under a barrel or under a bushel. The seven churches were in the midst of the conflict and woe, but the Son of Man was in the midst of those churches. The churches were beset with darkness of sin and error, but the light of the world enabled them to serve as candlesticks. And we will stop here, and we will go into the rest of this on tomorrow. I just want you to know that the book of Revelations is nothing for you to be afraid of. And as we go uh, through this book, I pray that there's something that I say to bring clarity and understanding, that you will be able to know uh, Jesus as the way that he is going to be when he comes back as Lord and Master, as Savior as our soon-coming king, as the ancient of days, as our protector. I mean, Jesus is everything we could possibly ever need, and he's going to be everything for us. But he's everything for us now if we are saved. But if we are not saved, if we don't know Jesus in the pardon of our sins, if we don't know him, we are kind of out here, not kind of, but we are out here alone. I want you to, um, when it said that eye has not seen and ear has not heard, um, I want you to read Revelations chapter 21. And in that particular chapter, it talks about heaven. It shows us heaven. And I just want you to read that book and meditate on that chapter, Revelations chapter 21. It is powerful. When you know, so many people are like, well, what happens when I die? Do I go to heaven? Do I go to hell? You know, am I going to be stuck in the ground? Am am I going to be uh, unconscious up under the ground? You know, is you know, what's going to happen to me? Am I going to be obliterated? Is is, is that you know, what's what's going to take place? Well, there is a place called heaven. And when you read it in Revelations chapter 21, and you will see how beautiful, what a beautiful place this is going to be. It talks about so much beauty. 
talks about the streets being paved with gold and it talks about the peace of God and there's no there's no there's no uh, night that we don't need the night anymore that we don't even need the sun because the glory of God just radiates all over heaven that we will be at the, in the very throne room of God that uh, certain things that you know we won't cry anymore we won't be worried anymore there will be no more death you really need to read Revelation chapter 21 and when you read it uh, read it up under uh, read it and begin to talk with the Holy Spirit about everything about that chapter and allow the Holy Spirit to bring enlightenment and clarity to you about heaven it is going to be it is a beautiful place, but for those of us who have not uh, gone the route of death yet or even in the rapture, uh, we're going to be so surprised at what we are going to see in heaven. But I want you to read it. It is, it is a beautiful chapter. You are going to be blessed just in reading that chapter alone. And so I pray that this has been a blessing unto you today. I pray that if you don't know the Lord, that you will give your life to Jesus Christ, that um, that you will understand that how important it is to have God in your life. Um, there's so much that's going on in the world, but all of this stuff is trivial all of this stuff means nothing. We want to make sure that we are living uh, for Jesus Christ. We want to make sure that um, we're giving our all to him. Um, we just want to uh, make sure that we have him, that we have him, and to know that he loves us, to know that he cares about us to know that um, um, that when we worship him and love on him, that he, he loves back on us. He is really a good God, and there is nothing that he won't do for you. And so I just pray that you will give your life to Christ. I pray that you will um, one day understand the importance of it. I pray that you will find you a good Bible-teaching church, and that you will go and that you will speak with a pastor there and they can give you some insight on how you can uh, uh, give your life to Christ. And so I see that it really is time for me to go. And so um, we're going to go ahead and put on our theme music and I wish you the, the greatest blessing on today. I pray that God will just open doors for you. I pray that you will always walk in the path of Jesus Christ. I pray that you will understand that Jesus one day is coming soon. We know not the day nor the hour when it will be, but we know that it will be. And so I want to say thank you to those of you who have uh, listened to this uh, service on today, listen to this broadcast. I pray that if you have any questions or anything about today's message, 
or if you would like to have me come and look or if you have a prayer or anything, that you will email me at a word from God seven at gmail dot com. That's a word from God seven at gmail dot com. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in today to a word from God on blogtalkradio.com. I am your radio host, Ricky Evangelist, with Dr. Talia Hadley, saying thank you for joining us today. May God richly bless all of your endeavors for Him. And until next time, have a joyous and a most blessed day. God bless you. Love you. Bye-bye. Everybody yeah. see that.